Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Voyager actor, who in 2003 and 2004 directed two episodes of One Tree Hill, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil, and myself, your favorite forever ensign, Garrett Wong. Remember, you can get the full version of this podcast by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. Mom. How was that, Robbie? Mom. One, Tree, One Hill. Tree Hill. Where do they film that at? What studio was that? They filmed it in Wilmington, North Carolina. So oh. it's funny because I did the last two seasons of Dawson's Creek. Yeah. And I Which remember was in North Carolina. It was as in well. North Carolina. Yeah. And I remember Chad Michael Murray was a guest star. The last yeah. season, he he did a recurring part of Dawson's Creek. And I remember all the Dawson's Creek actors were really kind of glad that the show was ending. They were, mm. you know, bittersweet, but they were all of them were ready to move on to move on. Yeah. Six years. They did that show. Mm-hmm. And then Chad Michael Murray, who was a recurring guest star, says, oh, I got this pilot. <laughs> kind of a similar, you know, teen soap opera thingy. Yeah. And. I think they're going to shoot it here in Wilmington when you guys, when the Dawson's season is over. And so the crew and everybody from Dawson's Creek, the the crew Mm. went over and shot the pilot. And then when it got picked up, came on to the show. So I, when I came back to do the first season, I didn't direct the pilot, but when I came back to do the first season, it was the same crew as Dawson's Creek. It was just a crazy, like, oh my God, so, we're still, we thought this teen <laughs> drama in North Carolina was going to be over and it's not. It was just another name, a new show, same crew, almost a similar cast. Yeah. Yes. Um, but the Some same the, sound stages, right? Everything. Same like, stages, yeah. same <laughs> Film crew, same kind of, you know, teen drama. Same parties. craft service, same everything, everything. probably. Okay. It was okay. <laughs> it was kind of surreal and bizarre. That is kind of funny. Yeah. It's like a deja vu feeling that you got yeah. when he came back again. Okay. And it was funny because the cast of One Tree Hill that first season, they were like all fresh and excited. And the <laughs> cast of Dawson's Creek had jaded. Kinda, yeah, they were they'd done this a while. They were so yeah. like the the vibe with the actors totally went from like, you know, met to there done that. Yay, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was funny to come in with so many same faces, but right, a whole different vibe. Yeah, I funny. bet you it wasn't just you that was noticing that. I'm sure the rest of the oh, crew, yeah. everyone, yeah. whether it was sound or camera, they're like, "Wow, these new yeah. actors, they're pretty excited to be here. <laughs> they're not bored." So yeah, for okay. sure. All right. Cool. Um, So this week's episode. What is this week's episode? This week's episode is repression. Repression. Interesting. All right. Well, let's go watch this. Let's go watch. Let's go watch this episode. We'll be right back with our recap and discussion of repression. For those of you who are Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. Hey, everyone. We're back from watching Repression. My goodness, this is a very, there's so many plot twists and turns in this episode. I I actually enjoyed this episode. So let's get right into it. You did? Yeah, I did. You're going to give a negative review right now. I don't know. We may have have to agree to disagree. All right, that's fine. That's fine. Let's let's, let's jump right into it. Let's do our poetry synopsis. And here here is my haiku for repression. Maquis are attacked. Tuvok can't figure it out. It was always him. Okay. <laughs> Let's hear that I like limerick. The, I like the reading. Yeah. 
The Limerick for Repression. Tom and Bolana's date turns into a coma-inducing mystery. Tuvok goes on a double-agent mind-melding spree. Janeway pleads to his heart. Chakotay's command gets a restart. And at the double feature, the buttered popcorn is free. <laughs> nice. There you go. Yeah, popcorn in there. That's good. I had to get Tom and Bolana's, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, date. And yeah. the, and the but- buttered popcorn uh, had to get that. I wanted to talk about your movie night date, but it was just not enough in a haiku to squeeze. I know. Stuff. I know. So, I Limerick's know. got a little more space there. All right. So were we right about... We did well, guess... Let's talk- Ken Biller, the, didn't we? I think we did guess yeah. that he wrote it, but he, yeah. he's just the story. He's just the story it. behind it. The teleplay is by Mark Haskell Smith. Which is who? I mean, this is clearly somebody on the writing staff that I don't remember at all. I'm like, who's Mark Smith? I don't even think this is a writing staff. I think this was an outside assignment or something. Really? Okay. Anyway, Mark Haskell Smith, who I yeah. don't remember the name, the face, any of it. Yeah. His, let's talk about his first credit. Sure. His first credit, as we do with all our actors and everyone, his first credit that I could find was a 1991 film called Inside Out, produced by the Playboy Channel. What? (laughs) Sorry? Come again? He directed a Playboy movie? A Playboy Channel movie? He wrote wrote a movie called Inside Inside Out. Out. Now, here's the interesting thing. So, obviously, it's a... Playboy After Dark, I don't know, not yeah. not not your high end uh, intellectual feature film, let's say. But here's what's interesting: in this movie that Mark Mark Haskell Smith wrote, his first writing credit that I could find, in this, an actor named Parley Bear was guest starring. He was in Sacred Ground, my very first directorial assignment. He was one of the old, the, the wise people sitting in the hallway, the three wise oh. people. Harley oh. Bear was one of those. He was oh. an old character actor. He was in Mark Haskell Smith's first writing. So wow. my first directing a- and Mark Haskell Smith's first writing. What a coincidence. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So story by Ken Biller, Mark mm. Haskell Smith, Rick Colby directed okay. it. All right. This is what I was going to say. When we were guessing the director, I was going to throw Colby's name out again. Because, but I was going to, I felt, you know what? Robbie's going to ridicule me for saying that. He's I gonna can't say, believe it. There's no way. There's no way. But I, I was knew it. so wrong. Rick I has directed it. so many late yes. season episodes. Yes. And I thought he left in like season four or five. No. And didn't come back. No. Our guest stars. Let's talk yes, about our Yes, please. I we have a number of them. Uh, Tiro, Tiro, who we see first in the episode, is played by Keith Sarabaka. And he played Tiro Anidas, right? Yes. Tiro, which yes, to me, it sounds like one of those commercials where if you're suffering from Tiro Anidas, this might be what you can do. Yes. I mean, it just sounds like some type of medical condition. So It does. Okay. It does. Like a lot of our aliens sound like medical <laughs> Um, His first job was in 1979. Oh. A uh, short-lived TV show called Bleacher Bums, Joe Mantello. No, Based no, on the, Joe, the play. Based on the play. Bleacher Bums, Bleacher which ran Bleacher in Los Bum. Angeles for 5,000 weeks or something like and that. It, it was the longest it ran running. in Chicago forever, forever, too, right? Yeah. It was a bunch of Chicago Cubs fans sitting in the in yes. the bleachers talking yep. and comedy, and they made a TV show out of it. Oh, wow. He, I did not know he was, that. He was also a writer on that. 
Oh my god. Maybe he had something to do with that play. Yeah, he, it sounds like it. My goodness. Yeah. Okay. 1979, his first job. Yeah. We also have Chell, Derek McGrath playing. We've had before. Chell. Same actor. Yes, he was on uh, Learning Curve in season mm -hmm. one, mm -hmm. and now he's on this episode. I love Shell. I wish we had seen more of him. He yeah, was he's so, great. He's the blue guy. What's his first uh, credit? Just for the first credit, credit, 1973, a movie with Jack Nicholson called oh. The Last Detail. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Nicholson, yeah. 73. Okay. Yeah. Who else um, do we have? We also have Tabor. Uh, this is Jad. Jad Major. 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 Yeah. yeah. Who's been he around as well. Yeah. Yep. Tabor, he was in uh, fifth season, Nothing Human, and then this episode. His first job was 1990, the biopic thriller Reversal of Fortune. Wow. Was, uh, yeah, I guess in a TV movie or something playing Alexander von Osberg, Arsberg. Okay. So some kind of biopic. Yeah. Murder mystery thing. In 93. So really. 90. You know, 1990. Oh, 1990. 1990. Okay. And Dad who else? Major. We have, we have uh, Carol. Um, again, I can't pronounce this one. Carol, Scott. last name. K-R-N-I-C. K-R-N-I-C. Yeah, uh -huh. Kiernick. 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 Mm -hmm. She played Jor. Her first movie was, uh, first job was a film in 1994 called Death Junction. Wow. Uh-huh. I wonder if her name is just a different spelling of Walter Koenig's last name, you know? Koenig, well, Koenig, it could be. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. German, yeah. Uh, we have Mark Raphael Truitt playing Yosa. Yosa. Uh, his first job, 1994, yeah. the TV series The Untouchables, which ran for a year or two, I remember. Did you notice from certain like angles, that. he looks just like Brian Fuller? I was like, whoa, oh, it yeah. is Brian yeah. Fuller's face from that angle. So, okay, mm -hmm. that's Yosa. Mm -hmm. We have Ronald Robinson as Sep. That Ooh. was um sec that was Tuvok's son. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yes, yes. Ronald Robinson. Yeah, it's a handsome young man playing. Handsome young man. Mm -hmm. First first job, a 1991 TV movie called A Mother's Justice. Okay. And we have Scott Allen Smith as Doyle. Doyle. Um Doyle was kind of the bald crewman uh, that was part of the Maquis. Oh, Maquis, and he was talking yeah. about we don't trust these guys. Yeah, that guy. Okay. He was in the uh, 1992 series Brooklyn Bridge that starred Marion Ross from Happy Days as a, oh my gosh a kind of New York 1950s yeah. family. It was kind yeah. of a period huh. dramedy. Mm -hmm. um, Gary David Goldberg, I think, created that. He was the Family Ties creator, so oh, it was about his childhood does, right, growing up in Brooklyn or something. Goldberg does the Goldberg show as well, doesn't he? No, yeah. different Goldberg. That's Adam oh. Goldberg. Okay. Yeah. Anyone that's else? our cast. Lots of that's everybody. That was a you big didn't guest get you didn't get the most important person. Who? The person in the movie theater that turns around and goes, "Shh." Who was that? that? I don't know. I, don't know. I, I, I thought you would catch that person. I mean, did, did doesn't that person get a credit that. for being the shusher? I mean, the, well, the shusher. She is just that, is that a looping up. group that would have done that, or was that did they use her actual? I think you can have extras do that. The way it used to be, you could have extras do that kind of thing, and they were still just paid as an extra. So it was not an actor oh, role, wow. even though they were doing a sound out of their mouth. A sound it's not a line. So, uh, well, well, well. Now we know. But that that shush taught yeah. Balana about how to go to the movies because she'd never sure been. Sure did. She had no clue. So, yeah, that no you have clue. to go. Shush. And so Balana at the very end, if you recall, mm -hmm. shushes Janeway. 
That so that right. shush is very important. Um, shall we move on to the opening shot? Let's yes. move on to the show. You know that poster that he's looking at in the very beginning that Turo is looking yes. at? You see this? I've actually signed that poster at a convention. Really? It's a very cool poster. It's a it's a it's a graphic of Voyager, and it, it's funny because I'm looking at that room, and it looks more like a teenager's room. You know, yeah. it's sort of like those those posters don't look like mm-hmm. they should be. I mean, they should be basically graphs and things that that he's using, but they to me they look like some. They're very colorful. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that kind of pulled me out a little bit. Well, um, we see this room, this teenager's yeah. room. We see this Bajoran man looking over. Yeah, and he's. Talking in kind of a spiritual tone. It's like, well, know, I wrote down, prophets. yeah, he was the Bajoran ASMR guru because he's, he's yeah. whispering everything. It's a whole and he's time. And he's talking into a mic. It's like he's a podcaster. He's a, <laughs> it's like he's, he's doing, doing the first the podcast. Bajoran yeah, podcast. Bajoran podcast, ASMR podcast. Yes. Yes. And it is what I wrote down as like a voodoo ritual. And yes. What, what did he say? He said, he said, hug Tim far. When I hit the, I had to hit the little show me the, yeah. you know, the dialogue because I thought he said Octenfar Atane, but it's Pogtenfar Atane. 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 And Which is this yeah. incantation, and you don't really know what he's doing, but you're no. going to learn later on no. what that, what he's doing and why he's talking into a microphone. Uh, yes. And to me, when that, that little Bajoran word, that phrase, it sounds Persian or Iranian to me. Because the whole far part, and I used to know oh, I had a yeah. friend. I had a friend in college. His name was the last name was Bustinfar, so his name was Babak Bustinfar. So to me, this guy was speaking Bajoran. He could have been saying Bustinfar Babak instead of Akdinfar yeah. Atane. It was very, um, like I said, Persian to me. But yeah. he does see images of Maki Torres, Maki Chakote, and Maki mm-hmm. Tuvok on that little laptop that he has. So now. You know, the audience is wondering what's happening. Those images of of Roxanne and her maquillage—they made him look younger too, correct? They made him look younger. It feels like they pulled frames from like the pilot or something, but maybe photoshopped them in. Yeah, it it was very kind of photoshopped. Those most definitely, even Tuvok's image, even his face was photoshopped as well. I noticed, right? But uh, but as an audience member, you're completely you're confused you have no clue what's happening here like who is this guy where is he is he just a fan of of the maquis what is he doing is he fanboying we have yeah. no clue nothing no clue Mm-mm. then we go to voyager current day we're in a hallway mm-hmm. balana and tom are walking uh she's got flowers tom says the secret to a happy marriage is keeping the romance alive yeah. and i made a note about tom's fancy awkward shirt cool question mark not cool. I, I'm okay. going with I'm, not cool. No, I'm going to say this. My first impression is that's a wonderful color on you. I like that because you don't see that Thank vivid you. blue. So that looks very nice. Yes. Um, my second impression was what the, the top part of what Bellano was wearing <laughs> reminded me of that garment that you threw off of yourself. <laughs> it was velour also. So that reminded yeah. me of that. But mm-hmm. then, so at first I thought, gosh, that top looks really good. And then I started thinking, you know what? Now Robbie's wardrobe looks like he is the manager of the Westin in Honolulu. Yes. Like, yes. You, you, yeah. You're going to walk in there and say, do you have a problem with your room, ma'am? Because I can it, make sure that we can give you an upgrade. That's what I thought. It looks like a uniform from a For, hotel. You're absolutely yeah. right. And so you, you know felt why? the same thing. You did. You know, why? why? Partially is it looks like it's got too much starch in it. 
You know how like <laughs> hotel uniforms, they're they're just they're like commercially cleaned and pressed, and they just have there's too not much a wrinkle starch. there. Yes, no, yes. <laughs> that shirt looked like there was way too much starch in it, and it was just awkward. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now we know but how you felt. They 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 walk into the holodeck door from the yeah. hallway, and we come inside, and we realize, oh, we're in a movie theater. Yeah. And I immediately had all these memories. First oh, of all, please tell me where was first, this? It was in the Heart Building. It was the screening room for the Heart Building screening room. Oh, now I so get that it. screening that screening room. Yeah, was in the Heart Building where our writers were, which originally that building was part of the RKO Radio Pictures movie lot that right. got bought by Paramount and then they uh, combined them. Yeah. So that was the RKO radio pictures um screening room probably from for back dailies, in the day, right? From, from way back in the day. And that's where Orson Welles screened dailies for Citizen Kane. Oh my gosh. In that theater. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I did not even know the history of that until you brought, brought that uh -huh. up. Like I, sh I should have taken that more seriously. So the, the, the actual on the walls of that theater, is that how yeah. it looked or was it dressed to look like that? No, know? it looked like it that. They didn't, kind of, they didn't yeah. do much of anything. In it's there, sort right? of like a retro art deco sort of looking Very um, art interior. Deco. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, yeah, I used that little screening room. Yes. I got the studio to or rented it or something. I screened yeah. one of one of my short films there for all of our crew that had volunteered and and I did it at lunch one day while we were filming. I used that theater to screen. I think it was the battery. I think it was my first short film. Did you invite we us? Did lunch. we come with you? Yeah, whoever was working that, that day got invited. Oh. And yeah. I did it because I wanted people to be able to see it. So yeah. we did. We did it at lunch. It was great. It's a great little theater. It's yeah. not that big. It probably seats a hundred people at yeah, the most. It's not a maybe, large, maybe yeah. less. Right. And and I will say she starts talking about the ornate molding and this and that. Yeah. It did make me wish that we had gone off the lot and filmed at like, you know, Man's Chinese Theater or you know, one of the old movie palaces. It would have been cool. Or even the to Egyptian to, theater on Hollywood. That would or the nice Egyptian too. or yeah. something. Because this was a tiny little screening room. Exactly. It was, it was not is... as ornate as the as the dialogue led you to yeah. believe. This is a good size for a few studio execs. But, you know, in terms of a massive ornate, I mean, this is supposed to be a replica of the old yes. Alice Theater in Chicago, in Chicago. Built in 1932. And it wouldn't be that size. It'd be bigger no, than that for sure. It'd be 2,000 seats and yeah. giant. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But anyway, they're watching a 3D movie. Yeah. Uh, Tom hands her some. 3D glasses. She goes, "Oh, protective glasses." Yeah, like, I love that's very funny. No, it's a 3D movie, and uh, they're going to be watching <laughs> the Black Lagoon movie, the creature, creature from the, from Black, the Black Lagoon. Lagoon. Yeah, which they called Revenge of the Creature instead. Um, did the gum stepping thing happen here, uh, where she stepped on gum? Was that yes. the uh, yeah? Yes, she that, stepped on gum. That's a, a cute a nice, little yeah, nice detail moment. Yeah, the black the creature from the Black Lagoon. Lagoon. I have a connection to that old those old b movies as well yeah. there's an editor named mitch danton who i did a lot of dawson's creek and some other shows with mitch's mom was the female star of the creature from the black Moon. no she's, she's the famous one she's the famous doing, like, yeah she's the one doing the, the screaming in the photo that's wow. mitch's mom and so uh <laughs> i think she just passed away the last few years but mitch oh, got man. her got her to write a book about her life life in Hollywood and oh, about being wow. a B-movie actress back yeah. in the day. 
So it was huh. fun to see that title come up in our show. Yeah. And kind of go, oh, that's Mitch's mom. That's cool. Yeah. Um, my anyway. favorite part of this scene is when you turn to Torres and say, people didn't go to the movies just for the movies, you know? And she goes, really? What did they go for? And you go, well, I'll try to dem." When you said, well, I'll try to demonstrate. It was the, it, it uh -huh. was basically the same as yes, ma'am, but it was the flirty version of <laughs> yes, ma'am is what happened. So it gets, it's Tom well, Paris. That's try Tom. to demonstrate. Yeah. It was a very, you know, huh, and I like the classic, huh. like, Oh, I got a stretch. Oh, yeah, she's like cricking your neck. Yeah. <laughs> Classic movie date. Yeah. Ropes. It was oh fun. God. Um, but, but anyway, um, someone shushes us and uh, mm -hmm. that's not very nice. So uh, I think one of us deletes the audience. I can't yeah, remember. Well, she says, because Tora says, um, you know, it would be a lot more fun if we were alone. Uh, this is after being shushed, and that's when Paris deletes the audience. So you delete it. You say delete audience, but of course delete the audience. And then the front yeah, row. We see one person in the front mm -hmm. row. Looks like they're asleep. Yeah. And we get up. We walk down, and it's Tabor. Yeah. Well, and actually, Torres recognizes Tabor from the back of his head too. She's like, "Oh, it's Tabor." Mm -hmm. And then you guys walk down and see him, and mm -hmm. a little freaky because his eyes are wide open, and yes. he's just catatonic is what he is yeah. so we don't yes. know we have no clue what happened no him. clue so we go to sick bay tabor's in the clamshell doc says he's got microfractures in his skull yeah um but they can't find the cause and he's in a coma yeah but boy he looks good in a coma yeah he I've, does. I've never he seen does. anyone as handsome and good looking as that in a coma so in a coma go. yeah mm -hmm. um chicote asked the doctor you know we've got to find out what's wrong we cut to the theater and Tuvok is there looking at the three glasses, which I thought was funny. And I think Bellana says something like, Tabor was invincible before this. Like he was he was a he tough had guy. His, yeah, they said that he had his own personal force field. They would joke about this because he'd gone through all these firefights as a Maquis yeah. and didn't even didn't even get a scratch or any any scuffle on his clothing. He was completely untouched. So mm -hmm. uh his clothes didn't even get dirty. Yeah. And, you know, Tuvok says, well, maybe he still has his force field because he's still alive. So now we know he's alive. still alive. So, yeah. yeah. And Harry walks in and says, Commander, I've reviewed the sensor logs for four hours that Tabor was in here and all systems were operating normally. Safeties were all online. Yeah. And uh, Tuvok says, we'll run a level five diagnostic on the logs. And then Janeway calls Tuvok to sickbay. But right here is the biggest hole in this episode for me. Why? Because... All right, I have a house back in Utah and we've got a half dozen or more Nest cameras around for security cameras watching the yard, watching the entryway. Watching. Okay. okay, this is a Starfleet vessel on a holodeck that has to record not only the holodeck image data, but the humans that interact. And yet somehow all we can come up with is a shadow, a shadow? Uh, like there would be camera recordings of everything. Like you can't commit a crime on a Starfleet ship without being recorded. I'm sorry. There's got to be cameras everywhere. And, and for some reason, we just can't figure out what happened in the holodeck. There's only a shadow. That to me was a problem the whole time. I was so like, you, mm. uh, mm. I didn't have a problem. Well, okay. Well, let's just, let's talk about this. Now there are cameras everywhere. Okay. But in 19, 
99, no. 2000, there were not cameras everywhere. So, no. yeah. So you got to just kind of just cut some let that go, man. Yeah. Cause I feel like it's a hard one. It doesn't age well for me. This one. I get this- it. I get it. But I, I, I get we've got to have a mystery for Tuvok to go solve. I get it. But I wish I, they had said like there was a power surge or something yeah. that our data was deleted. Any simple thing to address like our, you know, mm. onboard tracking data, uh, you know, we had a power surge and yeah. something. Anyway, that's well, all. For me, I just want to say a lot of questions were answered because I have I've seen images of the 3D glasses on Paris, on Torres, on Janeway, on Tuvok. And I've always wondered, what episode is that? And now I know it's this episode. Yes. And there's another another shot that is oftentimes seen on social media. And it takes place on the bridge when Harry is sort of acting captain and Chakotay comes in and phasers him. So the shot is really of me standing up, turning towards Chakotay. And it shows the phaser beam heading right at my chest. And I'm, I'm, I've got this really wide grin, like smile as I'm getting shot. And I'm like, what, where's that from? It is also from this episode, but I paused it, froze it and went backwards and forwards. I never smile. So someone must've Photoshopped the smile in as I'm getting shot, standing there looking at Chakotay because that smile does not exist. And I rewound that. I spent 15 minutes trying to stop. I wonder clip. if it was a, the photo came from a rehearsal because remember they would have oh, set, set photographers there maybe. Yeah. and we might not have been filming and they would take photos mm. usually during the rehearsal because they wouldn't take it during the filming because you'd hear the cameras going. They, they So the set photographers would take publicity shots. Yep. They had these boxes they would put around the camera because they used to film. They used to shoot photos on film. Now they have digital cameras that are silent. But back yeah. then, the me- the mechanics, the, cl- the clicking, clicking, yeah. And they'd have to put this soundproofing box around their camera. It was a like giant... a silencer for a gun. This was a silencer yes. for a camera, is what it was. Do you it's remember silent. that box? I do remember that box. Yeah. And the photographers would come on with this like suitcase in front of their face to yeah. silence their uh right their camera it was very funny do you recall so the maybe that's where the guy yeah that that makes sense that does make sense but what was that guy's name our main set photographer can't remember because now i feel like this would be a fabulous person to bring on to interview think oh, about yeah it. i mean he's been there for so many moments i think we our... had the same set photographer 99 i can see his face time. right now i can see every him now and right then now. we'd have another Someone would fill in for him every now and then, but it was the same guy for the most part, right? 95, 97% of the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're right. So probably when he was taking that, maybe it's from there. Yeah. For rehearsal or something. Yeah. So Tulak gets called out of the, uh, the holodeck investigation with the shadow. And, uh, um, I I don't even know if the shadow was up yet, but the shadow. No, it's not. It's it's not later. (laughs) Yeah. Janeway, uh, goes to sick bay next and Tuvok, um, comes in and and uh, she thinks that he was attacked and basically in this scene she assigns Tuvok to investigate the whole thing. That's yeah. that's what happened in Sick yeah. And Chakotay um, has to find out what what he's been doing the last few weeks, so he's going to go access Tabor's duty roster. Yep. So. And we have a shot in the hallway following Tuvok, who now has just been assigned the lead investigator in this mystery. It's a it's like a steady cam shot following him down hallway the classic suspense kind of movie on a mission down the hall following him till he gets to the doors of tabor's quarters 
And uh, he has to do a security override to get in. That's right. Can't get in right away. Yeah. And the door opens and he finds Jor. Truman Jor. Truman Jor, who was a friend of Tabor's in there suspiciously yeah. inside his quarters. I would have directed her to be a little bit more shocked. So it would have come off as a little bit more suspicious. You know, she yeah. was a little too mm, subdued, I felt. Mm-hmm. So. But she's but holding she a says, book. She, yeah. Yeah. She says, I'm just here to get a book to read to Tabor. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to read it out loud. I've heard it, it comforts comatose patients. Mm-hmm. Tuvok is very cold, very suspicious. Oh, he starts questioning her immediately. Mm-hmm. Where were you earlier? Blah, blah, blah. You know, she said, I was in engineering. So he's already on his little sleuth, his sleuthing mm-hmm. mission, trying to find out who's behind very suspicious this. of her. Yeah. We uh, have a little space flyby. We go to the ready room and Tuvok's there telling the captain, She's responsible. Jor is the suspect. He's <laughs> yeah. sure. He only has one suspect, is what he says. He only has Jor. one. Yeah. I mean, he's a bad detective, I gotta say. Really? Like, dude, yeah. you just met one one person and you're convinced it's them. It seemed a little, a little, you know, uh, early to be made. Oh, well, this is essentially stuff. the Chicote eye rolling scene because he, I mean, he's just like, um, yes. why would they're really, really close friends? That's why she has access to his room. Yeah. They're they're like this and Tuvok's like, no, 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 I don't think so. So he has and a Tuvok hunch. Tuvok is like, I have an instinct or a hunch. A hunch. It's not very Vulcan <laughs> at all. Yeah. And Janeway even has to get involved. She's like, I can think of some other possibilities. And, uh, you know, uh, it's a nice scene with Janeway and Tuvok. I love the simple framing choices. Again, mm-hmm. Rick Colby's taste mm-hmm. knocks it out of the park. He's got the sim- simplest ways of framing things, but. Mm-hmm. It's really uh, beautifully shot, this little simple scene in the ready room. Yeah. We go to engineering next. The note I wrote down, we're in mm-hmm. engineering. There's Yosa in there. There's Jor in there. I'm like, who are all these new faces saying why? <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> who are these people? I guess they've been there a lot, but we've never met them before. <laughs> Yosa says pressure's fluctuating. In, in 114. So section 114 or something, right? So- yeah. So she tells him to go check the seals. He's there in the Jeffrey's tube, checking everything with a tricorder when all of the lights go out. Mm-hmm. He, he he calls to, he hails engineering, Yosa to engineering, no response. And all of a sudden, some flashlight turns on at the end of the Jeffrey's mm-hmm. tube and starts shining in his face. And he's like, hello, hello, no answer. And now this is starting to freak him out a little bit. And mm-hmm. you know what's interesting is that this is the first person to actually move on his backside backwards in the if think about it like typically we're in the jeffrey's tube we're on hands and knees crawling right but he's actually yeah. on his he's sliding and backwards. he's sliding backwards and i thought hey why didn't i do that I, you know so this was uh you know yeah. it, it's one way to keep his face in on camera clearly but still mm-hmm. you never see actors doing that so um he seals the hatch after he gets out of that section and he, well, he tries to seal the hatch, but it's it's overrided by whoever is on the other side, right? So Yes, he says, computer locked the door, cannot comply, yeah. and finally the lights yeah, come the out hatch, of the door. Op- mm-hmm. Yeah, hatch yep. opens, the lights are right on, on top of him, yeah. and we know he's in trouble. Yeah. Um, we go to sick bay, doctor yeah. and Janeway are there. Yeah. Um, he's, got, he's in a coma, Yosa's in a coma. With his eyes open again, yeah. Tabor's in the background, still in a coma. Chakotay mm-hmm. Tuvok are there. Uh, they have the same injury. And this is where he looks like the profile shot of Yosa looks just like Brian Fuller. I was like, wait a mm-hmm. minute. So, yes, mm-hmm. same injuries, same micro fractures across his right temple. Neocortical readings are identical to Tabor's. So 
whoever knocked Tabor out clearly knocked Yosa out. We know that at yeah. this point. And Tuvok asks who discovered Yosa, and Janeway says Crewman Jor. So maybe she is the guilty party. Chakotay yeah. hails Jor. No response. Janeway asks the computer to locate Jor in the mess hall. She sends mm-hmm. Tuvok and Chakotay to the mess hall. Yes, they, they go arrive. in the mess hall. It's dark. Yeah, it's very dark. dark. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I thought a dark mess hall as they walked by the windows. Yeah, um, the Starfield looked great because when oh, the when the lights know. are down low, the Starfield. We have a big black velvet curtain mm-hmm. with little shiny mirror, you know, or, things or, or reflectors. Or, yeah, little something. tiny yeah crystals or whatever they sew in something thing. Yeah, they sew it into that black cloth. It often looks a little, yeah, it looks okay. But this one, this it shot, I thought it looked great. I'll have to look, go back great. and look at it again. Great Starfield. Okay. They find Jor in the mess hall. In the same type of coma with her eyes open. And it's a cool shot because you see them go over and her face is in the foreground and they're out of focus behind her. And mm-hmm. it was just, again, Good Rick job, Colby. Rick Colby. Great mm-hmm. taste. Go to sick bay. Um, the doctor says, if this, I love his first line, if this keeps up, I may have to open a special coma ward. <laughs> Uh, just he's he's put upon poor doctor he's got all these injured people and mm, totally. just too much chicote hands janeway a pad da, 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 mm-hmm. asking her to look at the names and if she notices anything peculiar and of course mm-hmm. she says oh huh, they're all maquis now here comes an interesting little bit of dialogue chicote mm-hmm. looks at janeway and says maybe someone on your crew couldn't put the past behind them and then janeway stops for a second and says yeah my crew and he's like oh our crew so he it was a little yeah it was like a little tension there between mom and dad and and it it seemed like an innocent slip up yeah yeah it was but obviously later on we're going to realize that it's It's foreshadowing is what it is is brainwashing (laughs) most definitely yeah um five maki are in comas tubak Mm -hmm. says it must be someone who has access to security protocols in order to escape detection because no one can figure this out. And the doctor says that, well, they better find a way to protect the rest of the Maki because he's running out of beds. He doesn't have mm-hmm. enough bed space. And this was all a steady cam scene. This was oh. beautifully staged. Mm-hmm. I love the steady cam work in here. Great blocking. Do you remember our steady cam operator name? Guy's name? I can picture him, but I can't. Yeah. I want to say Greg for some reason, but maybe uh, he looks like he looks like a Greg, but I don't think that's okay. the right name. All right, let's keep going. It was Marcella was his. Marcella was his girlfriend. She was the focus puller or, or wife or girlfriend. Was it Marcella? Marcella was the girlfriend of the guy that was the camera operator. Mm-hmm. And they were trying it's- to keep that secret from yeah. Marvin. Yes. Do you remember this? Yes. yes I yeah. Do. And when but he they found were, out they were a, they were a couple, they, yeah. I think he got released after that. I remember. I don't remember. Yeah. But he came back doing steady cam only. Yeah. Did he? Okay. What's his name? Marcella and fill in the blank. Yeah. Mr. Gr- the Mr. guy that looked like Greg. Guy that looked like. <laughs> All right. We got to figure this anyway. out. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're in the mess hall. Chicote is debriefing the remaining former Maquis. He mm-hmm. wants them to stay alert and report anything suspicious to Tuvok. And Chell says, I'd rather report to you, Chicote, not to Tuvok. And another mm-hmm. person chimes up saying, I don't trust Tuvok at all and that Tuvok didn't even care about the Maquis back then so why should he care now and Torres says look that is ancient history that happened so long ago and Chicote mm-hmm. says well you know the last thing we need is this outbreak of paranoia he orders everyone to carry hand phasers 
Are there any and, other type of phasers other than hand phase? I mean, why why would you say hand phasers as opposed to uh, rifles? But that's phaser a phaser rifle? rifle, though. You you say a rifle. You wouldn't say a phaser. Yeah, I just didn't say phasers. Hand funny phasers. to say hand phasers. It kind of pulled me out. And also, Chicote says no one should go anywhere alone. It should be a yeah. buddy system, a partner system. And that is the end of that scene. Mm-hmm. We are now in the hollow movie house again. And here is where we I have that shadow exchange. Here. Yeah, I love this exchange. And- Paris Paris says. So Tuvok comes in, Tom yeah. and Harry are working on, on analyzing this. Paris yeah. says, we thought maybe the intruder left behind some kind of negative image. Yeah. And, and Harry says, yes, displace photons. Tom right. figured that if we dampen the photonic ambience and enhance the polarity, we could, and Tuvok interrupts him. We can applaud Mr. Paris's ingenuity later. What have you found? <laughs> like, what? rude that is rude to it us. was so rude especially because tom is never the one that comes up with the I science came up with the, okay yeah. you came up with the science so i felt look this is like you know you know how they say like a broken clock is always right twice a day yeah. well every now and then tom paris knows the science and if he knows it let him speak to it and no yes. tubak no, shuts Tuvok's him down not. he's like no yeah it was funny. Uh, it was a funny little bit. It was a funny bit. Yeah. We cannot tell who the attacker was, but we do know that someone was there from this idea mm-hmm. from Tom of this displaced photons. Tuvok asks for an extrapolation of the assailant's height mm-hmm. and weight. Harry says it's between 170 and 190 centimeters and maybe 75 kilograms. So uh, it's an estimation. And it's an estimation. They're all standing there looking at this kind of shadowy negative outline yeah and i'm looking at it with my eyeballs yeah and i can tell it's tuva you look <laughs> at that shadow and i'm like that shadow is definitely Tuvok. why well, can't tom and harry see the yeah what the- crazy world are we in that's a Tuvok shadow I can see it. We're, we're like, who could that be that who has could, ears that point up like that? Yes. I'm not sure. Yes, you I can don't see know the who that could ears. be. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> use your nest. Just go to the nest cameras. You'll see. Anyway, this is this is again <laughs> the moment where I'm like. Okay, fine. So fi- so visual effects should have made it more fuzzy is what they Much should have fuzzier. done. Much fuzzier. It was yes. a little bit too clear. You could almost it see the skin hot. tone. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. All right. We've established that. Um, okay. We're in the okay, corridor. Wait. Let's yes. move on. Chell and Torres are walking and talking and... He's looking behind him very nervously. Like he's just checking his six every second. It's like, what's going and on? What's going he's on? He's very paranoid. And yes. Chell says his line is... Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. This ship with all its sensors, how could five people being attacked without leaving a trace? Yeah. And I literally stopped it. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, I'm with Chell on this. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, we have Robbie. sensors, we have cameras. I can look at the shadow and see that it's Tuvok. What is wrong? Anyway. I'm going to make you a t-shirt that says Team Chell on it because you yeah, are I'm, all on Chell's. Yeah, you're, I you're am with on him. Team Chell. You're with him. Um, but I still think the funniest moment in this scene is they walk up to a turbo lift. It opens up. Seven walks out. and Ch- Seven walks out of camera view. And Chell looks at Seven walking away and says, could be her. And then the reaction on Roxanne's face. Oh, please. It was the best. It was just yeah, it was sort funny. of like, come on, really? Stop doing this. And I just felt well, the, that she played it perfectly. She really did. It was, a, it was well a great, too. great expression. Uh, we her go briefing to briefing room. 
briefing, briefing room. room. I think it's briefing room. It was kind of vague where it was. Yeah, it was looked. It? I'm pretty sure it's a briefing room. That's where Tuvok okay. is conducting the interviews with various crew members. We see yes. crewman who's sitting down, who has just finished being interviewed. Tuvok says that'll be mm-hmm. all, but please send in Mr. Kim. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say right now that this interaction between myself and Tuvok. Yes. I hated it. Why? What'd you hate about it? I I'm curious because I, I I had some thoughts about it as well, but I'm curious if we're on the same page. Just because I played it too seriously. Agreed. Way too seriously. So what I did was I let in my, because I think towards the end of this, you know, season six, season seven, I, I my relationship with Tim Russ was very like, this is my older brother that I, that gets on my nerves. Like, like we got on each other's nerves, I felt. Really? Or at least, yes. And so I think I took a lot of my own personal feelings towards Tim. Like, I don't have that towards him now. But at the time, yeah. I think I, I took some of that antagonism and threw that into this scene where it should have been the tone that I should have played in this scene should have matched Roxanne and Chell. How Roxanne was like, oh, please, this is not, it's not seven of nine. And I should have been like, are you kidding me? Me? It's yeah. not me. You know, and it wasn't like that. I was kind of angry and the tone yeah. was too serious. It should have been it's, throw it away, throw it away. That's yeah, what I, I agree with you. That's the note yeah. I had because he yeah. literally says your sarcasm could be viewed as subterfuge. And I was like, he's yeah. not sarcastic. He's not sarcastic. He's, he's pissed defensive. off. Yeah, he's yeah. very defensive. Yeah. Because I, when I say, you know, oh, well, I should have uh, taken my Captain Proton comatizer. I mean, it's funny. Captain Proton yeah. is a funny. I was like, oh, I guess I should have taken my Captain Proton. You know, I took my comatizer and shot every single Maki. Pew, pew, pew. I should have did that, you know? Yeah. Because then it plays better. And it just, yeah. it just to me, and I had so many close-ups. In that scene. Yes. Yes, you did. And what I noticed more than anything else was makeup department did not cover my mole. I I had a mole, which I've since had removed. It was at the top of my lip because we're watching it. And Megan was like, oh, nice pimple. And I'm like, it wasn't a pimple. It was a mole. And I remember they would cover it with a little bit of cover on makeup. But in that really- I remember. Yeah, and that's and how often does Harry get an ECU? I mean, it's very rare that it's it's this tight on my face. Yeah, Colby. Colby Colby brought brought it. Close ups. He loves it. My favorite. My favorite thing in this scene was uh, uh, Tuvok says to you, Mm -hmm. uh, "Yes, I was looking at your communications. Uh, You got a letter from Dennis Kim. (laughs) Dennis Kim is my manager in real life. (laughs) My manager's name is Dennis Kim." Are you and being I was like, serious? He got a letter from Dennis <laughs> Kim. <laughs> yeah. Your real life manager's name is Dennis Kim. Dennis Kim. Yeah. Yeah. He was my uh, first director agent. In fact, I think I remember when you shot the scene, Dennis was had just, I'd just gotten my director agent back. Then. Oh, it was Dennis. He was an agent. Now he's yeah. a manager. Yeah. And I think I remember making this connection when we filmed it. I was like, Dennis Kim, I love it. Did you, you did, you did tell him, does he know this? I'll have to remind, I think yeah, I have. Bring it up. Yeah, yeah. it's funny. I mean, it's we should definitely... bring Dennis Kim, my manager, onto the podcast. Onto the podcast. <laughs> See what he says about it. Um, that was my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, yes. but yeah, I, I do feel like my performance needed to be much more layered. Um, it was very one note, and I'm very, 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 very embarrassed that I put yeah. in that type of thing. But you know, it, it happens. worked on you, a different yeah. level. It worked mm. on a different in a different way. But I do agree yeah. with you. I would have loved to have seen yeah. the version that was just like, what are right. you talking about? Yeah, what are you talking about? Throw it away. And then also, there should have been concern at the end because at the end of that, 
Tuvok, Tuvok gets, you know, he you're gets like, into are this, you okay? Exactly. It's like Tuvok, he starts drifting. He, he goes, yeah. he goes elsewhere. And that's when Harry should have been like, are you kidding? It's not me. Tuvok, you know, are mm-hmm. you, what's happening with you? Like, yeah. I should have been, there should have been more perplexed and also more care, some concern and care yeah. about our tactical officer. This is the guy that's hard, in charge of all of our weapons. When you were so angry. At exactly. I had backed yeah. myself into a corner. I couldn't get out of. I was so yeah. pissed off, so angry, and so one note that it really did not have the nuances that it needed to pull off this scene. All so, right, let's okay. reshoot it. Let's yeah. reshoot it. <laughs> Let me call Tim right now. Let's see yeah. what he's doing. Um, All right. The Sick doctor Bay? calls Tuvok mm-hmm. and, yeah, says report to Sick Bay immediately. We go into Sick Bay and Tabor's awake. Okay, Doc not only he, is he awake, he's, he's fine. completely fine. It's just mm-hmm. he's a little hungry. That's all he says, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he um, says, and Tuvok asks him, "Do you what do you remember?" He says, "I don't know. I was alone yeah. in the holodeck, and yeah. the next thing I know, I woke up here. Like I don't yeah. remember anything." But the doctor so, does th- mention that his synaptic pathways stabilize on their own, and that he mm-hmm. did not need any type of you know uh, anything to wake him up. He woke up on his mm-hmm. own. He's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're back in the corridors. Chakotay is walking with a a Vulcan ex Maquis mm-hmm. crew member who. Whose hair is very shiny. I just I just kept saying that's yes. really shiny hair. Um Chicote yeah. and a former Vulcan ex Maquis crew member are walking the corridors and mm-hmm. they see Chell. They catch up with Chell, who is alone, and Chicote then admonishes Chell for being mm-hmm. alone. He says, Where's, where's your partner? partner? Yeah. And he says, Who is your partner? And he's Torres. She told me that she can handle her. Everything on her own. She doesn't need any help or partnership. And and then uh, Chakotay finds out that she is now in Cargo Bay too. So he heads there, and he passes off the uh, the Vulcan crew member to be the partner with Chow, and heads over to Cargo Bay too, mm-hmm. which is where he eventually finds Torres unconscious against a wall in the corner. Mm-hmm. And that is when Tuvok appears out of thin air like David Copperfield and starts <laughs> talking. This is a holy time. And this is this is the red flag for Chicote when he's realizing what? And as he's trying to go for his phaser, Chicote gets knocked back by this palm fist sort of punch that two. They have a nice does. little hand to hand fight here. Yeah, that I thought was really well done. Well, little mm-hmm. but Tuvok ends up getting him in a hold yep. and starts, starts mind to mind him. meld with yeah. him. Yeah, he says, let the mind awaken and focus on the task, my mind to your mind, my thoughts to your thoughts. So he passes this thing on to him. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very disturbing. Who is Tuvok? Yeah. What's happening What's going here? on with Tuvok? We have no We clue. go to space flyby. There's a yeah. captain's log supplemental. Uh, Janeway says, Chakotay and Balana are the latest victims of our mysterious assailant. Mm-hmm. And I've decided to put the ship on a level 10 security alert. Mm-hmm. Non-essential personnel are combined to quarters and security teams are posted on all decks. Yeah. Then we cut to a shot of two security crewmen walking down the hall with rifles yeah. at their hips. like One really tall one and then one shorter one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we go to Cargo Bay 2 and Janeway is in there looking, Tuvok's looking for evidence inside. Yeah. Um, yeah. Janeway thinks like maybe this is a ghost or something. Um, Tuvok did he says, take perhaps- a sample? What did he do? Because he tells that one mm-hmm. crewman to do a metallurgical analysis of this so i i don't know mm-hmm. what he was gathering but clearly some type know. of evidence whatever it was yeah uh, and janeway comes um, over you said yeah janeway walks over Yeah, janeway comes yeah. over they talk uh janeway thinks it's a ghost tuvok says maybe we should conduct a seance 
Yeah. Was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, but in the end, Janeway says, look, you need to get some sleep. You've been up all Take day. a break, yeah. dude. Take a break. Take a break. Okay. So Tuvok goes to his quarters, lights his meditation lamp. He kneels down. I love the uh, close wide lens. Suddenly he looks up at the ceiling in this, yeah. in this David Livingston shot. And we have these flashbacks to, to some of these crewmen getting injured. We see yeah. Tabor in the cinema. You know, in the, in the movie theater, we see Yosa in the Jeffrey's tube getting attacked, Chakotay getting attacked. Yeah, Tuvok is like thrown by this. He goes in the bathroom. Well, he stumbles to the from, from the main part of Club Tuvok. He heads to the restrooms. And yeah, he goes has a to his bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Chakotay of, hitting him. Yeah, the attack and then with Chakotay. Mm-hmm. And then he looks down, pulls his shirt up, and he's got this huge bruise. Yeah. And I remember, oh yeah, Chakotay was a boxer. Of course, he's got a big bruise. <laughs> right. But before right. we get into the bathroom, before he shows a bruise, just want to say so funny because. You know, he has the flashback and he's starting to he's overheating or whatever. So he takes off the top part of his uniform, yes, which uniform. again, that is not how our uniforms worked. Only for this scene, they gave him the two piece. And now he just has yeah. the, the undershirt and the, the black pants, which, again, we don't wear it that way. But so he takes off his top layer, which mm-hmm. has the comm badge on it. Just yeah. want to note that here. Oh, takes off. And throws it on the floor, then goes into the bathroom with and just it, his shirt on. And another combat magically appears on his shirt? Not not yet, but soon okay, it will magically Okay, appear. got it. Um, yeah, he's got his t-shirt. He looks at his bruise. There's a big bruise. And in the mirror, he sees the Bajoran from yes. that teaser. Yes. He sees Tiro. Who says, and Tiro resist says, your doubts. That's what he says. Mm-hmm. Not resistance mm-hmm. is futile, but resist your doubts. Yeah. Resist your doubts. And then... Then Tuvok turns around and Tiro's not there. Nobody. And so Tuvok is like, I got to get out of here. He runs out, mm-hmm. out the door and we go into the hall. This yeah. is where it magically appears. Oh my God. He goes out the hall you in a t-shirt. Suddenly he's got a combat on his t-shirt. I don't understand oh how he magically God. just has a combat, but he does. He anyway. It. Good catch. Uh, uh, but he does hear the Bajoran voice. He didn't see the Bajoran, but he hears the Bajoran speaking to him. And Bajoran says, mm-hmm. don't question your mission in his Bajoran mm-hmm. ASMR way. Yeah. Uh, hollow movie house. Is that where we're at? No? Yeah. We yes. go in the hollow, the hollow theater and Tuvok uh, runs in. Harry and Janeway are in there. His shirt is untucked here, but he's got the oh. comm badge on. Um, <laughs> it would have been better oh. if he showed up and it was gone. It was on there during the corridors, but it disappears by the time he's in the in the movie house. Yeah, basically, Tuvok isolates the date of the image, and then he says, uh, "You know, what is the height of the assailant? What is the height of Tuvok?" So he's basically saying, "It's me, it's me." Did you do a calculation? And I did not do a calculation. Okay, just so you know, every time in the seven years that we film this, we always use metric system because that's what the world uses, except for the mm-hmm. America. But as Americans. I'm sure you were the same thing. Every time we made any type of distance or a thing in metric, we were like, what, how, what is that exactly in feet and in, in inches? Right. And I did it. I Googled it. Tuvok is 182 centimeters, which is five foot 11, which is incorrect. He's taller than that. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Yes. I'm like, what are you guys doing? You know, Tim Russ is taller than that. Why he's would you say two one or something? He's six two, six one, six two, definitely. I'm one eight. I'm I'm five. I'm five eleven. I'm I say five ten and a half. So I round up. So I'm really one eighty two or one eighty one, and Tuvok is not. So that that made me sad. Oh, I was like, how can you sad. not mix that up? How can you? How can you mess that up? Right. Yeah. Um. But during this 
revelation that he comes upon. He does have a hallucination. He does see the Bajoran again. He pulls out his phaser, which makes Harry do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And he hears the Bajoran saying, ignore your doubts. Pagtemfa, Batane. Tuvok asks, mm-hmm. who are you? The Bajoran disappears. Tuvok then proclaims to Janeway that he is the guilty party. He is the one that has been attacking all the Maquis. And Janeway asks, how is that even possible? He has no idea and tells Janeway that for the safety of the crew, he must be confined to the brig immediately. And I just want to say, I like that Bajoran's phrase so much that maybe this can be our sort of secret thing that we say to all the other Voyager Pogtem Farbatane? Yeah, like, no, what happened is if we see someone else who's a Delta Flyer member, we say, Pogtem Far, and the other person responds, Batane. See what I'm saying? So oh, you said, yeah, yeah, it's like a secret code, almost like how fraternities do that. Like, there's, okay. you know, we could do something like yeah, that. Yeah, but it's where... it's an evil phrase, though. I don't know if I like it for... How is it a, evil? Not... It means, but what does it mean? Awaken yourself. Like, it's just be... Awaken like, be to, awoke. to... Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Okay. It doesn't say, like, kill people, you know? I guess not, but Tuvok is killing people when he says he that, is. So. He is. Or he's not killing them, but he's uh, like he's mind melding them into a coma. Is it too I edgy of a of a phrase to use? You think in public to say that? I to don't people? know. Maybe. Yes, because somebody might go into. What if there's people that have been brainwashed and we accidentally trigger them into? It's like the Manchurian candidate here. So I don't know. It's a dangerous phrase. I wouldn't say it too much. <laughs> so there's going to be even, even this podcast. Even this podcast. We're putting out we're putting a potentially out the dangerous phrase, Pogtem Farbatane. I did it again. See? So there, there are hidden be. Bajoran cells all across the world that when they're yep. listening to this podcast, they're mm-hmm. gonna go ahead and take out all the uh yep. oh the stuff. I think fleet. it's gonna happen. You know, okay. this podcast is powerful and it is. It, I will it agree could with you. Start a revolution. Uh anyway, we go to the brig. There's Tuvok meditating, doctor scanning him. Uh, yeah. Doctor says to Janeway, um, he wants to speak with you, but please stay outside of this force field. Yeah. Janeway is very, you know, she begins what becomes a long conversation with him around the brig. Tuvok, can you hear me? Yeah. Um, he says that, yes, but I hear another voice. What's mm-hmm. that voice telling you? Tuvok says it's a Bajoran incantation. The voice is Bajoran. He sees tarot. Tiro standing right beside Janeway, and he realizes that it, this all started after a letter from his son in the last data. In the last stream. data stream, I think the most important thing from that brig is that he said, "I reviewed every letter except mm-hmm. my own." Except so my that's own. The, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So we go to sick bay, and Chakotay's waking up. Balana's waking up too. Mm-hmm. Tom is the nurse on duty. But th- this is the big revelation that is Tuvok to the rest of the formerly comatose people right i love how she uh, as jimmy asked you is, is he medically cleared to leave now mr paris <laughs> basically can he leave and he's uh paris says well i'm i don't see why not but he should wear one of these and he sticks a little cortical monitor onto two box little cortical monitor me, i made Chakotay's I, neck yeah yeah onto Chakotay. i made a note that tom is a very kind nurse he's very, <laughs> very your, your bedside nice manner to- is good Yes, his yeah. bedside manner is very good. I think yeah. uh, he gets uh, good Yelp reviews as a nurse. <laughs> here, so, um, so at the, the end of this scene is basically Janeway saying, "There's something I want to show you to yeah. Chakotay." So, yes. and it's basically the message from Tuvok's son 
Sec is his name, and he's you know mm-hmm. just it's just a standard message about talking about studying and school yeah. and this and yada yada. We and go Chico, into yeah. this happens in astrometrics. That's right. Uh, We're seven, in seven is there. They're looking at this letter. Seven says the signal was calibrated to correspond with Vulcan synaptic frequency. That's right. Tuvok wouldn't have been consciously aware of it. Right. And we realize that there's a message buried in this letter from the sun. Yeah. And and inside the sun's message, suddenly Taro, Tiro sort of fritzes in. Mm-hmm. And Chakotay recognizes him and says, it's Tiro, Tiro Anidas. Most importantly, yes. he was thrown out though. Okay. Yes. So he was part of the Maquis because he was thrown out because of this experimentation with mind control. Because mm-hmm. he thought this was a good way to recruit agents basically mm-hmm. by using mm-hmm. this mind control and the maquis were like you know what we're not going to be doing this anymore you're a little bit too mumbo jumbo too yeah. extreme for us no you're... no no voodoo here i'm sorry we don't need you're the voodoo. A fanatic and you can't be a part of it seven exactly. asks seven's like why is he why would he try to contact tuvok and then yeah. we go back to the brig and tuvok's uh looking at the message on a pad from his son and seeing this message from tiro and he says, I remember I did meet Tiro once before. We yeah. spoke briefly. He was interested in Vulcan culture. That's all I can remember. Mm-hmm. And Janeway says, well, maybe that's all he wanted you to remember. Right. That he was developing some kind of mind control. And suddenly Tuvok has a flashback. He does remember yeah. this, you know, whatever Tiro did to him. Okay. Do you like the flashbacks when it goes into that sepia kind of tone, you know, where it looks. Yeah. I thought it was good. You okay with that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. It was something that helped give it um, a little structure, uh, a little framework. Yeah. yeah. A little framework. Yeah. Okay. But Janeway, Janeway says, you know, maybe, maybe if we meditate together, you can remember uh, more yeah. of this. And maybe she can help she's... guide him through the meditation. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was like, Janeway, come on. <laughs> like, dude. <laughs> You don't know about getting into like this is not your thing. This is like saying I watched a couple of YouTube videos and I'm going to go build a nuclear bomb or something. Like, no, you, you, you leave leave this to professionals. Yeah, it, it, it make more sense if I mean if Cass was still on the ship, she could have helped Tuvok Maybe, go through this yeah. for sure. But Janeway, I don't know if that's in her wheelhouse. So yeah, but she's like, let me help you do this. They take the force field down and she yeah. goes into the brig with <laughs> yeah. with him. Um, there's a bit, bit of a time cut (laughs) and he is remembering now being Mm -hmm. strapped down on Tiro's, um, lab bed. Yeah. All kinds of stuff on his face, little blinking lights Uh and everything. Uh Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Tuvok says in this flashback that he's Mm -hmm. been trained to resist mind control. Yeah. And Tiro says, yes, that's the rational logical part of you, but I want to reach your inner fire, your spirit. And Tuvok's like, no, 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 please don't. And Tiro shoves. Yeah, it's also this like needle or something into, into his, his cranium. Head. Yeah, that yeah. looked very painful. But it's also interesting in that in the very beginning of this scene, Tiro is talking about, um, it is lieutenant, isn't it? I'm mm-hmm. sure your Maquis comrades would be. <laughs> I'm making Tiro sound like Mr. Burns from Simpsons. It yes. is lieutenant, isn't it? I'm sure your Maquis mm-hmm. comrades would be interested to know your Starfleet rank. So really... Tiro knew all along that Tuvok was a double agent, but he yeah. kept it quiet because he felt this is perfect. This is exactly what I need. You know, I'm going to use you mm-hmm. as the catalyst for reawakening everyone else that's a Maki. But mm-hmm. also now, in hindsight, now you realize Tiro 
tweaked with everybody. Am I right? Do you, mm-hmm. Is that what you get from this? Like he tweaked yeah. Chakotay's brain, Torres's brain, yes. everyone's brain, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I think so. It's not clear, but I think that's what I got out of it. Okay. Um, we, he comes out of this vision. He's freaking out, shoves the captain. Yeah. Uh, but she says, don't shoot. And we go to Astrometrics. Chakotay's with seven. Tuvok uses his comm badge, which he happened to have kept on his T-shirt, <laughs> to call Chakotay. <laughs> and, you know, if they hadn't cheated that comm badge on his T-shirt... He wouldn't be able to do this right now, but he calls Chicote yeah. and says, Pogtem Far Batane. And then Chicote turns and says, I understand and heads out. Should we have a Pogtem Far Batane shirt? Maybe, maybe. Okay. Just check. It could start a whole rebellion, though. I don't know. It's this. We don't, don't want to play with afraid fire. Of it. Don't be. It's not like um, a Ouija board. Come on. All right. Where are we? Janeway is back in the brig. She wants to know, what does this mean, Pogtem Far Batane? Uh, and, uh, Tuvok says it's a time of awakening. It's a holy and, time. Yeah, and then we see Tiro again. He says, focus on your instructions. So we go out in the hall. Chakotay is on a mission. We go to sickbay. The doctor and Tom are working. There's there's an alert to the doctor from Chakotay's cortical monitor. And uh, just as the doctor says, you know, where is, ask the computer, where is Chakotay? Chakotay walks in and says, I'm in sickbay. And no, he doesn't. He doesn't say. The computer says Commander Chicote is in sickbay as oh. he's walking in. All he says is, "Computer, deactivate the EMH." That's what it is. And then he, sh- and then you go, sh- Commander, <laughs> and then you get shot. Did you like I your reaction? Shot. I did. Reaction. I, I, I wrote good. You always are very like. Oh. Yeah, you do that. Be good. I. You, good you sound like you're being hurt. Good job. Yeah, dying or, Tom, or getting Tom shocked. Gets, yeah, Tom gets Phasered. shot. Um, Balana wakes up and uh, Chakotay says, Pogtim Far Batane to her. Mm-hmm. She says, I understand. And goes, yeah. did you notice, by the way, when she woke up from her coma, she had yeah. less makeup on than normal. She I did looked not like notice that. Interesting. They played okay. her a little more like, oh, she really has been in, which I thought was a nice little deal. Yeah, and that's a nice touch. We go out into the hallway. Balan and Chakotay there with Maquis. They've got weapons. Chakotay goes into the turbo lift. We go back to Janeway. Um, in the brig, saying, wait with Tuvok okay. in the brig, and she's like, "Stay focused on me." So Tiro says, "Complete your mission, Pakdempa Batane." And Tuvok goes, "You don't control me." He screams that. He at screamed Tiro. it. Yeah, Janeway still doesn't understand what's happening because she says in the beginning of the scene in the brig, "Why were you using mind melds? Like, what? Mm-hmm. What did Tiro want? Like, what does he want you to do?" Like, she's still trying to. And Tuvok's like to wake, and the others. That's it. We go to the bridge. The bridge. Yep. Chakotay walks there. in, and Harry stands up, and he says, "Good to see you, Commander." And Chakotay says, "It's good to be back," and shoots Harry. Just shoots him. Um, I think I reacted fairly well to that shot. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, Um, it's very shocking. All right, we're back in the brig. Take over the bridge. Yeah, they take over the bridge. Everyone gets shot. Um, we're Mm -hmm. back in the brig. Red alert is sounding. Uh, Janeway is uh, hailing. She goes, Janeway to the bridge. Report. And there is nothing. Nothing. We go to engineering. I think next, right? Mm -hmm. Torres and the Maquis come in the door, and. They are shooting. They're just shooting everybody. They didn't take everyone yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, so um, Torres in her Maki outfit mm-hmm. um, and other Maki start taking over engineering. Mm-hmm. We go to the hallway and Janeway's walking down the hallway 
and suddenly with someone and suddenly they're shot from behind. Yeah. They're ruthless. Yeah. And Chakotay so, says he's taking over control of the, of the ship. Yeah. Well, I just love her reaction. What the hell are you doing? And he's like, mm-hmm. I think it's obvious I'm taking control of your ship. Mm-hmm. So uh, all the Starfleet uh, personnel will be locked in their quarters within the hour. Um, and he puts Janeway in the brig. Uh, Janeway does say, like, you know, she she knows something's going on. She's like, what did Tiro do to you? And Chicote says, well, he simply helped us remember who we are. We're Maquis. And Janeway's like, wait a minute. You know the rebellion ended three years ago? And Chakotay's like, well, in the Alpha Quadrant, but not on this ship. So yeah. <laughs> I like that writing. <laughs> um, so everything is secure. The whole rebellion happens, and it happens. It goes off without a hitch because who's going to expect yep. to be shot by your fellow crewmate right so mm-hmm. you're not going to get that done Janeway's now in the brig and she's just like saying this doesn't make any sense like there's nothing there's nothing that you're going to gain from this rebellion basically you know i mean mm-hmm. we're 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 still year light years away from earth um and anyone in this quadrant has no clue or no understanding of the Maquis and, you know, uh, rebellion. They don't even know what the Maquis are. And, mm-hmm. you know, Jim was trying to tell Chakotay that Tiro is the one that's been influencing you. Brainwashing uh, them. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's funny because Tuvok kind of changes sides a little bit here, right? So Well, they what... switch places. Yeah. When, when yeah. Chakotay puts Janeway in the brig, there's a moment where... Tuvok starts to step out and they're trading places. Now, oh, well, before Tuvok's... he steps out, he looks at J- he looks at Chakotay yeah. and says, "Your orders, Captain." And that's when he steps out after that, uh, because Chakotay says, "Take your station," and then he walks out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we have a captain's log from Chakotay. Now, Chakotay. this is probably the only time that we have a Chakotay captain's log in the entire mm-hmm. seven years. And he says, yep. "Voyager is now under his command. They're en route to an M-class planet where they will basically drop off all the Starfleet crew member." members yep and let them go and live their life on some m-class planet m-class uh, planet in the delta quadrant this yeah. is not this is this sounds bad to me this is bad no, it sounds like what the kazon do to us so all right um we go on the bridge and all the maquis are now running the bridge jor maquis stuff now nobody's wearing starfleet any longer yeah and mm-hmm. jor is driving the ship jor's driving she's yes. sitting in my chair what sure the heck is. uh Sorry. comes down um jor says we're in range and Taurus says, yeah, it looks like a nice place for a Federation colony. Take us into orbit. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chakotay calls Tuvok to go to the ready room. Yeah. It's like, come on. Let me, come, I, got, come, I, come I just to got to talk to you about something really quickly. I just want to talk about breakfast or lunch yeah. or whatever. We, so we go in and Chicote offers a drink yeah. to celebrate. So a Vulcan brandy. Yeah. Which is very nice. Different than Janeway's coffee. Chicote yes. likes to drink brandy in there. Exactly. Um, and also what's different is we have Ayala standing guard there to make mm-hmm. sure no funny business happens. But that is also a, a little bit of a red flag to cue you to knowing that something is up. Something Something's is up. Missed. Basically, Chicote says, you know, uh, you were a double agent before. You know, uh, I, I don't trust you. Yeah. And I need I need you to prove your loyalty. So mm-hmm. the door opens. They bring Janeway in. Chicote says, kill her. And so you this think, phaser is set to kill. Here we go. Killer. Do the job. Yeah. And Tuvok thinks Gosh. and looks, and then he tr- he does ultimately raise the phaser up. Yeah. It's the button, but it kind of stutters. It kind of yeah. But but Janeway has. But before this happens, we we must say Janeway is talking. She's not just taking it. She's oh, like, yeah. this is this is uh, this is Tiro controlling you. Uh, you said you weren't going to hurt anybody. You know, uh, you're in control of your actions. 
Tuvok, don't don't do this. You know, please mm-hmm. <laughs> don't do this. And of course, he does shoot her or tries to shoot her. Or he pushes the button. out. Yeah. Fritz is out. And Tuvok goes, hmm, defective. Yeah. So so <laughs> Chicote says you passed. You passed. <laughs> You passed. You you were willing to kill her. It appears, right. and uh, Ayala Jane leaves. Land- Ayala leaves, yeah. and the minute Chicote uh-huh. turns his back and he starts talking about tactical issues to review, that's when Tuvok jumps and makes his move. He neck pinches neck him. pinches him to unconsciousness. Correct, and then mm-hmm. mind melds him to give him the correct information to get him out of this mm-hmm. crazy, you know, uh, espionage secret this cell thing. Yeah, this brainwashing yeah. thing that's happening. And uh, Chakotay gets back on the bridge with Tuvok. And this is I love when... I love Taurus. She says, Taurus, uh, as yeah. they walk back in, she goes, Kim and Paris engineered a little breakout on deck six. We've contained them all behind a force field. They're... I just laughed about the breakout scene with I... uh, Harry. Totally. And but my note on that was just that she was completely emotionless when she said that. Yeah. Like, she doesn't give a about you any longer yeah no care no concern for tom paris her true love or harry nope. kim her best friend and just talks about us like we're the keystone cops <laughs> kim and paris engineer a little breakout <laughs> whatever that is and then just mm-hmm. you know just down talks us a little bit so it was funny but also it sad it's sad yeah. yeah it was like what this is not the tour she's you know. she's brainwashed she's yeah. brainwashed she is brainwashed um but Chakotay says to her, you know, this planet that we were going to put them all on, it's no good. We can't do it. Yeah. And T- Taurus says, what are you talking about? Yeah. It seems fine. Yeah. And uh, he says, yeah, we're going to have to scan it some more. She goes, well, we can scan from the bridge right here. And you yeah. can feel kind of something's Something's up. happening. Yeah. Yeah. She reaches to grab her weapon and Chakotay points the phaser at her. Tuvok draws and she is ordered to stand down. Mm-hmm. So we realize Chakotay is back on the right side of things. Yeah. Tuvok has turned him back. We go to the brig. Chicote frees the captain here. We learn that another mind melt from Tuvok fixed okay. him. When he says, Chicote says, I thought you might like your ship back. The look on Janeway's face oh, yes. before she says no more rebellion because she's, oh my God. It's priceless. It is, yes. It's some of the best acting from Kate Mulgrew right there yes. because she's restraining herself as much as she can. And in that line, when she says no more rebellion, mm, it was perfect the way she it said good. it. Yeah. It was a it, it was a loaded <laughs> oh my god was there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um but she is free and she has her ship back. We go out in the hallway. Tuvok and Chicote are walking down the hall. Tuvok's got a pad. Um, Chicote says, You're ready for the attack of the lobster people? Yeah. Which we. Wait, Chicote says that? A, yeah, Chicote says that. Yeah. Chicote says that, and Tuvok says, Well, I haven't finished my rounds. Chicote grabs. Well, actually, he up. says, I'm not familiar with that species because like, he That's doesn't right. know if the lobster people are real or not. Right. Right. But uh, he hasn't completed his rounds, and Chicote just grabs his pad to, 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 from him and says, Well, you, you've completed them now, now so you're, you're done. You're done now. <laughs> They go inside the theater. We're back at the the movie theater on the holodeck. Yeah. It's a full house this time. Neelix offers uh, some popcorn, buttered or unbuttered. unbuttered. And my first thought is like, why would you even offer unbuttered popcorn? Like, <laughs> of course, buttered. 
always buttered. Well, Robbie, there's some people who don't want butter, but you know what's so I funny? Guess. I I typically say unbuttered because I don't want the extra butter, but I always feel like there's still butter in the unbuttered as well. <laughs> it's never clearly no I ordered butter buttered and then adds more butter. Do you really? Uh, wow. I love buttered popcorn. So oh good. my gosh. Yeah. I'm going to call you Butter McNeil. Butter, butter, yeah, butters. Um, Janeway says... Janeway says to Tuvok, he sits down, and uh, Janeway says, how did you know that that phaser wasn't charged? And Tuvok says, well, Chakotay doubted my loyalty. He wouldn't have given me an active weapon. Yeah. And Janeway's like, ooh, not exactly ironclad logic. Um, and Tuvok, Tuvok says, call it a hunch. And mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, Robbie, do you think hunch translates into Italian, German, Spanish, French? Is there... They're a word for hunch. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. So, um, but I will say this in that scene, that, that establishing shot where it shows everybody the wide shot. Mm-hmm. I turn around to you after I sit down with random person and I kind of, I kind of tease you or, or do something. I turn around to you and you don't react to me at all. And I'm like, what the, what? The? And then it started making me remember that I, because I, I chose that consciously. I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down, but I'm going to turn to my buddy and sort of razz him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like I remember that happening, filming that. And I remember thinking, why isn't Robbie playing with me on this one? I don't felt- remember that at all. <laughs> Just like, okay. I was probably like, are we done the scene? We yeah. gotta get out of here, please. Just Come on, you. Robbie. You're the one that needs to go. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I get it. I get it. But I, I was know. wondering what happened. You don't I did like that. Torres at the end when Tuvok and Jane were talking. She between them goes shh from behind. Yeah, she shushes she, them. Yeah. She shushes them. Yeah. And they put and on their 3D that. glasses. And that's that's a shot. That's I love that shot of Tuvok yeah. and Janeway sitting there with the 3D glasses on. It's such a great yeah. shot. I really yeah. love it. End of episode. Yeah. What's your lesson? Do you have a lesson from this overall thing? This was a hard one for me. It was uh, was not my favorite episode, I will say. Um, I guess the lesson to me is trust your true nature that hunches or your gut is stronger than any kind of brainwashing or outside voices that, yeah. you know, trust yourself. That's the, that's the lesson for me. What about you? It was also hard for me. I mean, my most obvious thing was... If you are around a loved one or a friend who seems to be acting very bizarre, maybe they are a victim of mind control. So be a little mm-hmm. generous and be a little compassionate, <laughs> empathetic on that one. So yeah. I, I mean, it's clearly a ridiculous lesson, but it was yeah. it was also difficult for me to figure out. Yeah. But I did like this episode, though, hmm. much more than you I did. Much yeah. more. I thought I, I liked the dialogue. There were some great moments there. Um, and just small little details, like stepping on the gum inside there, you know, like who, yeah. you know, putting that in there. I enjoyed the little tiny nuances. I I felt like the the biggest, the weakest link was my scene with Tuvok of this entire episode. I think that, I don't think that so. changed it for me. Uh, and I know you disagree with that. But overall, I really, really enjoyed this episode. Well, and what I'm is gonna, your rating first? Yeah, my, my rating is going to be, I'm going to give it an 8.5. So I'm going to push it up there. Oh, my <laughs> You God. just gave me the emoji, the shocked emoji face. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, that's where I stand on this one. Um, I like the retro side of it with the movie house. I like the whodunit. It's like a little, you know, it's it's a little mm, mystery okay. going on. I mean, there's okay. so many elements going on that it it kept me engaged and entertained and you name it. I liked it. I'm going to give it a 5.9. Wait, did you change that from no. because I was so high? You, you, you try to no. come closer to me? Okay. No, right. no, right. I was 5.9 always. Okay. All right, fine. Um, 5.9 is my my rating just because I just didn't fundamentally buy that they couldn't solve who is like there needed to be an answer so to that. So if if the displaced photons were really murky and fuzzy and you couldn't make out that it was Tuvok, would you have bought into it more then? Or I think if every time someone was attacked that that you know Tuvok was doing something to the ship to hide his trail his tra- yeah maybe i would have bought it more it it needed okay. something more it was just okay. a little too simplistic for me this story and, all right yeah, 5.9 5.9 okay our admirals and captains average rating our is... captains and admirals average rating for repression is 7.2 you 7.2. had a pause when you went the average rating is you went four the episode, like I thought you were saying it was four point something. <laughs> Seven point two. So kind of almost right in the between, middle of you yeah, and between I. Between you and me. Yeah. yeah. So there's some people okay. who love this episode, and there's some people who think this episode is not yeah. the best. I feel like this would be a very divided I, ep- I don't think there's gonna be a lot of people in the middle. I think that 7.2 is high numbers and low numbers. Yeah. Would be my guess. Yeah. Be my guess. Yeah. All right, there you go. There you go. There, there we have it. Crime solved. Crime solved. We know who it is. Okay. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to this week's episode, Repression. Join Robbie and I next week when we recap and discuss the episode, Critical Care. Critical Care. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. 